again, my name is Charles Sarger, and again, I'd like to welcome you to my podcast, Sins of Henry County. Now, in 2012, when I published my book, I felt like I needed to turn my attention more to the murder victims and try and find out why they were murdered. I didn't know a thing about them, but I know that when I read the transcripts of the trial, County Commissioner Bud Kelly coming forward, that there was definitely some... Uh, some wrongdoings that went on. Now, the funny thing about Bud Kelly, Bud Kelly came forth and said that there was no test firing on Sunday. That's all he said. No one said, well, if the test firing didn't happen on Sunday, when did it happen? They didn't go in and discover that, go back and determine that Jerry Banks' gun was taken from him at five o'clock in the morning when they returned him back to his house and they fired the weapon two, two hours before the shells were found, that none of that was even looked at. The fact that the test firing didn't happen on Sunday was proven and that alone caused doubt. It's strange to me that they just left it like that and said, well, if the test firing didn't take place on Sunday, like they said it does, there must have been some mishandling of evidence. Hell, they could have test fired the gun after nine o'clock on Friday morning, the day after the murder. They, they could have got his gun and fired at any time after the shells were found and Nothing would have been wrong with that. So I'm just confused as, as, as to why that, that nobody made such a big deal about Bud Kelly confirming that there, there was no Sunday test firing. They dropped it. There was no, no interest in when, when it did take place. It's just that if you got three detectives in court, two murder trials that are testifying that they testified again on Sunday and it turns out they didn't, bam, it's over. So it was a technicality. Jerry Banks was let out on technicality. I went to Judge Wade Crumbly, who is now at the time I interviewed him, he was Superior Court Judge in Henry County. He was Jerry's lawyer right out of college. He wasn't aware that they fired Jerry's gun Friday morning, an hour or two before they found the shells. Just the fact that they did not fire it on Sunday was enough to set Jerry free. Now, I guess that means I'm the only one that ever really gave a damn about when did the test firing take place? Because legally, to show that there's a discrepancy about the timeline, chain of custody of Jerry Banks's gun, is just a simple fact that there was an error there was enough to cast doubt that maybe it, it, it caused concern that maybe something did take place, but they never bothered to find out what it was that did take place. 
They they never really said. Well, if it didn't happen on Sunday, when did it? It didn't matter. The fact that they got caught lying about it on Sunday was enough to get Jerry Banks out of death row. So I want to go back into how my investigation came about as to the, uh, the critical thing, test firing of the gun before the shells are found at the crime scene. Because one incident that everybody looked at was just a technicality, uh, uh, some mysterious something was going on, and that was enough to cause doubt, a possibility. By me determining that the actual fire in the various gun was before the evidence shelter was found, it is it, framing, it, it's criminal, it's criminalized. which means they were hiding something. They, they they were desperate to frame Jerry to cover up their own involvement in these murders. Now, after I published my book, during the end of 2012, I was, I was about to wrap up my book, put it to rest, print it, publish it. But I hadn't interviewed Tommy Floyd yet. So I went down and interviewed Tommy Floyd. And of course, all of this is in the book. But in my interview, he told what actually took place. Now, during this interview with Tommy Floyd, I had already called his office and made an appointment with him through his secretary so he knew good and well who I was and what I wanted. But when I walked in his office, he leaned back in his chair. And the first thing he said was, who are you and what do you want? Now I had fully intended to ask permission from him to record this interview. But at that time, all that went out the window. And I had answered him by saying, my name is Charles Sargent and I'm here to interview you. I'm writing a book about Jerry Banks. Well, he proceeded to go ahead and get started in the story. Talked about how the case was, the case had been based on the shotgun shell evidence, this, that, and the other. And I fumbled around and finally got the tape recorder turned on. Now in this recording, you will hear him admit and tell. Well, I don't want to use the word admit because I want, I want to say that in this interview, he tells the truth and clarifies the fact that there was no test firing on Sunday. He didn't even know that they had testified. He didn't even know that they had testified about a test firing on Sunday. He was kept in the dark. But he starts out by saying that he uh, was going to Jerry's house to get the shotgun and then realized, no, no, the gun was already there in the trailer that night. And he goes on to tell what really took place. The location were found at the scene, the Winchester Western 12 days buckshot. 
Banks' gun was, he had a gun, a 12 shotgun, and reported it to Everhart. And I, I went to his house and seized the gun. Do you know what ever no, happened? No, not this night. It, the night it happened, he was brought to the detective. At, at midnight. And, uh, well, he was brought there after for, we left the scene. Yeah, for a statement. And brought there for a statement, and his gun was fired, and the shells were sent to the crime lab where they sat. So, sometime in December, and I got a call from Kelly Fike that says, you need to go get me the shotgun because the shells appear to match. Okay, you heard in that recording, Tommy Floyd, again, first thinks that it was his regulation that he went to Jerry Banks' house and got the shotgun. Then it says, no, the shotgun was already there the night that Jerry's brought in for an interview to make a statement. And he said, the gun was fired and the shells went to the Georgia Bureau of Investigations where they sat there till December the 2nd when Kelly Fight called him back. So in Tommy Floyd's mind, even though there was no test firing on Sunday, of course there was never a test firing on Sunday in Tommy Floyd's mind because it didn't happen. And he didn't go to court and listen to the three stories, the three lies that the three officers testified in court. He wasn't aware of their statement. You'll, you'll pick that up later in this recording. But in Tommy Floyd's mind, he was there with Philip Howard when the shells were fired for ballistics purposes. And it is his understanding and his belief, even to this day, that those shells went to the GBI because he was there, probably, when Philip Howard gave the order to Dick Barnes or Paul Robbins or somebody, here, take these shells to the GBI immediately. And as far as Tommy Floyd's concerned, there was no planting of shells. But the truth of the matter is, he wasn't in the loop. He didn't know they were framing Jerry. So that's why Tommy Floyd is still in the dark. And I'll have some more information about what transpired with those shells. Well, you remember Bud Halley? Well, it was his testimony that probably, you know, deposition. In fact, I think he did come forward to the DA's office at that time. That he remembered uh, Phil Howard test firing the three shells fired behind the courthouse. Or I would be witness the testifying to that night or the next day. You witnessed the test firing of the shells? Was it on a Sunday? Written, written, I remember because I was telling him to go to the shot. But I, I would imagine that the gun was left there after he was put And Bud Kelly said it was on a Friday night. That would be before the evidence shell was found. 
He was present with lead detective Philip Howard when he fired the gun. And he says, the reason I remember that, I told him don't do it, send the gun to the lab. He wanted to send the, the gun to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, which would have been the correct thing to do. Now, he was so confused in so many areas that he was admitting that he was there when Gary's gun was at the sheriff's station all night long in the trailer, and that he and Howard fired the gun then. And then when I brought up the fact the shells were fired before the evidence shells were found, I think something went off in the back of his mind and said, wait a minute. Uh, and then he starts saying, well, well, I don't think the shells would have been important at that time this, that, and the other, and he started him all around. He just admitted that he was there firing the gun early morning hours on Friday morning before the shell was found. And then he started saying, well, that would have made sense. But he didn't realize that he may not have known the caliber, the exact caliber, this, that, and the other of the shells, but Philip Howard definitely did. And that's what he was doing. He was producing shells that could be planted that would not only match Jerry's gun, but a particular shell that was later determined in the trial that would have been the only shotgun shell manufactured around the world out of 50 different manufacturers in the world. There was only one shell that was unique to killing Melanie Martin. So Philip Howard was going to plant shells, he knew he had to plant the right shells. So basically, that told me right then that he knew a little too much about how to frame Gary. For him to have that information, he had to be involved in the murders. Okay, I'd like to wrap it up here. I have more in my next episode prove beyond a shadow of doubt that Jerry Banks was framed. Now, I stated in this episode that Jerry Banks had been released from prison, released from death row based on a technicality. Tommy Floyd truly believed that the shells that were found on Friday morning were truly the shells that came from the gun that were fired to actually kill Melanie and Hartfield and Martin King. That was never a doubt in his mind. He honestly believed that those shells were the shells used in the murders. 
He believed that after those shells had been picked up, that somehow Philip Howard may have swapped those shells with some shells fired through Jerry's gun somehow. I don't know. He, but there again, you have to understand that it was his thinking that the shells that he did participate in firing went to the GBI. So the shells that were found at the murder scene were actual shells used in the murder. And that after they were found, that Philip Howard sent some other shells from Jerry Banks's gun, possibly. All this is just possible uh, scenarios because of for the lack of credibility in Philip Howard. They had to let Jerry off death row on a technicality. But I'm going to prove that the shells found at the murder scene were planted. And that is not a technicality. And because of this confusion at the time and still today, the, the Henry County authorities, police department, and the Georgia Bureau of Investigations thinks Jerry Banks was more than likely guilty. In fact, they say he was guilty. He got off on a technicality. And that's what I want to put an end to. I want his name cleared. Now, I'd like to apologize for my, my presentation here. And here again, I have information that needs to be told, and I'm not here to win some kind of award. You may detect that I'm gasping for air now and then. Truth of the matter is, I served in Vietnam from 1966 to 1969. I traveled up the rivers of Vietnam in a boat. I was exposed to Agent Orange, and I'm suffering the consequences of lung damage. So I apologize for that. I thank you for listening to this podcast. It's amazing to have people around the country and the world listening to this podcast. Something like 150 cities in 11 different countries. I have a Facebook page, Sins of Henry County, which I will be putting documents, pictures, this, that, and the other as time goes on. But I also have a personal Facebook page, Charles Sargent. I'd love to hear from you. I'd like to know how you learned about this podcast, what got your attention so far away. And again, I'd like you to spread the word and help me find justice for Jerry Banks, as well as Marvin King, Melanie Ann Hartsfield, Police Officer Eugene Barge, and Stephen Jeff Lee. But I thank you very much for listening. I urge you to go to Apple or Apple Podcasts and subscribe and leave me a favorable review if you feel it worthy. And again, I thank you very much.